0: Anyway, back to the podcast.
1: The coming of Christ. Raise your hand if you have ever explored this topic in depth. Yeah, I couldn't have raised my hand about a week ago, um, because I really hadn't spent a lot of time on this. And um, in fact, when I was sort of preparing for this and starting to, I usually... Write my sermons, but this time I was like, "There's too much. I have to start. I have to type it out, I'm typing it out." And um, I don't know if this slide—it's kind of a silly slide—but this is what my document was looking like <laughs> um, at the beginning. Just kidding. This was Iris. She was helping me out a little bit. <laughs> my, my <laughs> no, but it's almost like this. I've, I felt like I was having to decode something, and I'm like, "What is all of this?" It's, there's like these huge chunks where Jesus is actually speaking about his second coming. And then there are just many, many different passages across the Old and the New Testament about Jesus coming back. So, um, yeah, the reality of sermon writing here um, can sometimes look kind of funky. But personally, just these signs of Jesus's second coming, I think for me personally, I think I was disconnected from it um, a little bit at first, largely because I just didn't understand it. Um, just to be completely honest with you guys and it's not a feel-good topic so it's not really the kind of thing I would normally go looking for information about. Um, so I, I think also I have had times in my past where I've been like man wait a second God is really big and really mysterious and he can do some really crazy things on earth and heaven and the spiritual realm all of these things and um, man, this is great news. Like, Jesus is going to come back and get me, and I don't have to deal with my pain right now. Like, I'm in a hard moment or something, and yes, Jesus is second coming. I can't wait for him to come back because I don't have to deal with this. It's not probably the exact way we should think about his second coming, but um, I think it's a natural response. So um, I think what I want to share with us is that there's a lot of information about this in the Bible. There's a lot of different scholars, incredibly like well thought out um, people who've talked about this, and there's actually a lot of different views. I'm not gonna go into all of that um, because (laughs) a great guy named Glenn Power came and he did some some stuff about that, and those are on our podcast. So go ahead and take a listen. He kind of goes into the nuts and bolts and a lot of the actual like scholarly side of things. I'm gonna try to help us look at the text try to work some things out for ourselves and help us along the way, and then really try to consider if these are actually the signs of Jesus' the second coming, let's also look at, like, what do we do now if this is what we know about the second coming? Um, I think a good example that my husband was sort of bringing to mind when I was preparing for this, too, is that um, I took a first aid CPR class uh, last week. I don't know if anyone's taken one of those before, but they go into all of these like pretty graphic details of here is what might happen when someone's choking and there's like this actor acting like he's choking and you're watching oh my gosh this is actually ha- oh man and the I think my normal reaction prior to taking this class was I wouldn't really know exactly what to do I'd probably be freaking out um, <laughs> I have a one-year-old and so she might put stuff in her mouth. She might choke. And so that was part of my sort of reason for taking this. But what the CPR class did uh, was help me know what to do. How do you react in these moments of, oh, my gosh, this is something I've never seen before or I've never, never experienced? Some of these signs of Jesus' second coming are like stars falling from the sky. What I don't know what you would do if the stars were falling from the sky. <laughs> um, or I don't know if you were here, like, one of the signs, the sun will go dark. Were you here like two years ago during COVID when the smoke was so bad, the sun never came out and it was dark all day? I'm like, what do you do with yourself? (laughs) What do you do? How do you react? And so um, that's kind of where I wanna lead us is here are these signs. We wanna look at these things because these are real, these are in the Bible. This is part of our faith and Jesus coming back is an important thing for us to know. Um, But what do we do, and and how should we live? So um, let's read the Bible. There's a whole passage, Matthew 24. If you have a Bible, go ahead and open it to Matthew 24. If you want to use your phone or your app, or if you would like to have a Bible, I think we might have some that we can get for you. So, If you need a Bible, you want a physical one, raise your hand, and someone will will bring it to you. Okay. So, can I get two volunteers to read two different sections, Matthew 24, 3 through 14? Would anyone want to volunteer to read that? It's okay, it's okay if you read it, it won't be as intense. Yes, thank you, Amanda. Okay, you'll do 24, 3 through 14, and then someone else to read 24, 15 through 36. Thank you. Okay, so I'll just set the stage a little bit for us, just kind of what led up to this point in the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus and his disciples are together. They're coming out of the temple in Jerusalem, and if you've not seen the temple, what it looked like, um, I don't actually have a picture, but it's a huge structure. We're not talking about like this kind of building. We're talking about Salesforce tower, like on its side times three, like uh, this whole like big walled looking thing. It's massive. And, and um, the disciples and him are walking out and Jesus says to them in, in verse two, when they're leaving the temple, he says, you see all these, don't you? And he's talking about the stones that are made uh, to build up the temple. Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. We're not talking about pebbles, we're talking about car-sized stones. So this is not like, oh, someone's going to like brush away these things. It's, there needs, there's going to be a work of God um, to bring this thing down. Um, but let's pick up and see sort of specifically. The disciples are going to ask him two questions, and Jesus is going to answer them specifically about his, his coming. So, um, Amanda, will you read for us uh, verse 3?
0: Thank you. Uh, 15 or 14, yes. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that you are not alarmed Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come.
2: Thank you.
1: Becca, will you keep going for us?
2: So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand then let those who are in judea flee to the mountains let no one on the housetop go down to take anything out of the house let no one in the field go back to get their cloak how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers pray that your flight will not take place in winter or on the sabbath for then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah. or there he is. Do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive. If possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, do not go out. Or here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the second man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away.
1: And then he says, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you first for you, and we also thank you for this scripture, these words about your coming back. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would illuminate what it is you want us to know about this um, to us. I pray that you would give us eyes to see where you are in this text, and I pray you would help our hearts be willing to receive and to glorify you in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, how are we (laughs) feeling? Okay, yeah, it's, it's a lot. So we're going to break up into a few groups, and we're going to answer our two questions that we normally do. What does this passage tell us about God? What does this passage tell us about people? OK, yeah. let's wrap it up. I'm sure you could talk about this all day. I'd love to hear what you all think and what you all have found. Maybe that he says, don't be alarmed, means we might be alarmed. Yeah. <laughs> That might be our human response to these things, and he knows <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. Thank you. Okay, how about, th- yeah, this is sobering. This is very sobering. I truly don't think I had laid eyes on this very often prior to preparing for this, and I've read this over <coughs> and over and over. And sort of what you were alluding to, Tom, um, there are different views about some of these signs whether or not they are specific to Jesus' second coming, what question is he answering, because the disciples ask him when, and what are the signs of the fall of Jerusalem, the fall of the temple, and your second coming. And Jesus is not specific in saying, well, this one has to do with the, the temple coming down, and this one has to do with me coming back. And so feel free to Google this, because there are many different views. But I think what's important for us to consider is, Maybe some of these things have already happened, but we are not promised an easy ride until Jesus comes back. We are told that we will encounter tribulation. We, there are people in the world, there are Christians who are being persecuted and, and killed for their faith today. And so these things are happening. And if that's true, I think it's fair to say we should at least look at these, all of these signs as something to tell us about the coming. Now, how about that last verse, verse 36, the second question that Jesus (laughs) answers? But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So Jesus said, I don't know, but my Father does. And that, I don't know if that is comforting for you or (laughs) if it's not, but in some ways for me it is, Because that means, well, if we don't know, then we don't know. And Jesus doesn't even know. And usually it's like, well, what's the answer? Jesus. Or who has the answer? Jesus does. He doesn't. He doesn't know. And so I I feel like that's maybe a way of God uniting us with Jesus and being like, yeah, this is the reality. I, I am sovereign over this entire universe. And I don't know. But there are still ways that I want you to engage with this. There are still ways that I want you to live, regardless of that. And that's like the mystery of God. And we, so we have a faith that is not easily uh, figure outable. It's, it's still mysterious, and that is something that can be exciting for us. So um, I want to maybe try to bucket these into some different. Um, areas categories of what types of signs because there are other scriptures across um the different books of the bible that do show us and talk a little bit more specifically about some of these things so things that were highlighted here in this passage are things like deception and false prophets so we see that come up twice in this particular scripture that comes up again in other scriptures Um, it comes up in timothy comes up in thessalonians um, both Timothy books, both Thessalonians uh, books as well. There's the bucket of lawlessness, which we'll talk a little bit more about too. That word is not really, wasn't something super familiar to me and it made me sort of think of, I don't know, like Lord of the Flies or something, <laughs> like where it's just you know kids figuring themselves out, governing themselves, which actually is a, is a decent definition. Um, but that comes up again in Second Thessalonians and we're gonna read that as well. There's this area of falling away from the faith and godlessness, and other writers um, in the Bible talk about this too. There's physical earthly things like earthquakes, and I don't know, there's probably plenty of headlines here in San Francisco or in California about all the earthquakes that happen. The Lord's coming back, the quakes are happening, and I don't know, maybe. But, but he does say, and we will read this in some other passages, it's not just A couple of these things will happen, and then I'll come back. It's all of these things must happen, and then I'll come back. So that's a good thing for us to remember as well. And then there's this gathering of the people. And um, (coughs) this comes out of Revelation. I don't know. This is another book. uh, The Book of Revelation is not something I see a lot of people study or speak on, but it's pretty trippy, (laughs) honestly. Um, But it's really cool to see that Revelation this vision that John has um, then is reflected in Matthew 24 in a couple places. So Revelation 9, Revelation 19, and it talks about the Lord coming back. And even what, what you were praying, Sarah, at the beginning about God knowing us and knowing us specifically, how is he, when he comes back, he, he's looking at us. He's saying, I know you. I'm going to gather you up. And so he knows us now, and he will know us when he returns again, and he's going to gather us to himself. So um, let's look at a few other passages. Are you guys with me? How are we doing? We're yeah. okay? Okay. <laughs> um, because some of the other passages give us more, speci- more specifics on how to live. Next week, Tim is going to talk a little bit about these parables that Jesus talks about just after this, and sort of this, like, hopefulness um, to look ahead, but I want to give us sort of a a taster of what it means to know this and how to live in light of knowing this. So we're actually going to read 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 15, if you'd like to to take a look on the screen or um, in your Bible. I'm going to read it for us. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. So we see a little bit of that deception um, sign. We see a little bit of the natural reaction of being alarmed and concerned. And there's an encouragement here, Don't, don't be. Verse 3, let no one deceive you in any way, for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And you know what is restraining him now, so that he may be revealed in his time, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he is out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So we see a couple more sort of reflections of what Jesus said, and there's some depth here of of lawlessness. Um, It's clear here, I. think that lawlessness is sort of this thing that Satan does, and this is the spirit that actually creates lawlessness. And I think this is helpful for us to see very specifically that, that we're talking about lawlessness being a product of Satan's work. Because I think even if we see, okay, it's already at work, and we see things in the news, or we see things that are concerning about what people are doing, who is doing this? Is it that person? Is it Satan? And I think it was helpful for me to sort of see, okay, let's focus in on what's wrong here. It's this lawlessness, this chaos of the man of lawlessness, of Satan. And lawlessness in particular, sort of that definition, um, I think a good way to think about it is hostility towards authority. Or it's used throughout scripture to sort of be this idea of having a mind of flesh rather than the mind of Christ, which is something that we as Christians sort of transition into. We transition out of the mind of flesh into the mind of Christ um, when, when we choose him to be our salvation. And really just a description of sort of arrogance, pride and pride, and just ruler of self. And I think there's a, there's a lot of that in our world today. And I mean, we see the scripture saying, this is something that is, is happening today. This mystery is happening here and now. Um, but the, the writer of Thessalonians goes on to actually encourage us, which is sort of nice, um, to say in response to this, the fact that this is true. We're going to jump over to verse 13. We're still in Second Thessalonians 2. It says, But we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved, by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. So stand firm. That's that's the encouragement. Stand firm. And these traditions, um, uh, you know, things like meeting together and gathering together. We're going to look at another passage here in just a minute of of. You know what do we do as Christians? We gather together, we meet together, we encourage one another in brotherly love, and that is something we must do in light of these signs of of Jesus coming. Um, and I just I love that too that you're chosen by God as the first fruits to be saved, and that's just a really sweet thing to know and. And, and that's, that's what he did first. So his second coming, obviously, there had to be a first if there's a second. He came first. And I don't know if, if, if you guys feel this um, or, or remember this, but in light of all this, Jesus already came, and he already paid for your, your sins, and he already paid for your debt, just as a reminder. That's not why he's coming again. He's not coming again to make our forgiveness even better or to make it more or more uh, more appropriate or um, to make up for the things that you're still gonna do in your life. That's not why he's coming again. He already did this. There's nothing more that needs to be done. So keep that in mind and we can hold firm to that and hold tight to that and when he shows back up, he's not gonna be like, well, not so sure. No, he already, he literally died on a cross for us. So, So just remember that when he comes back, he's gonna look at us and say, I'm so glad to see you let's go home, come on, come with me. And that, we have to remember that in light of this. And, and, and for me, um, we have to remember that that means he's bringin', bringing Christians home. Um, and these warning signs bring the reality, at least for me, that that's not gonna be true for everyone I know in my life. And Timothy talks about this, but in light of Jesus coming again and the wrath of God preach the good news. We have time now for for us to be the evangelists and to preach and to tell people the reality of the first coming of Christ, that he died already for our sins. And so I I don't know, Tom, maybe as a as a professional pastor, um, preacher. Um, that's something that, that you've run into often, but um, we're all called to that as, as knowers of Christ, to preach the good news, because ultimately these signs will be terrifying for people who've never seen them or read them, and also for those who don't know Christ. So, okay, let's try to land the plane. I don't know how far in we are. It's probably like yeah, we, uh, let's, let's keep moving. Um, let's look again more specifically at an even more detailed passage about how to live. What does stand firm mean? What does meeting together mean? And this is 2 Peter 3, verses 10 through 18. And this highlights a little bit of the when as well, but also the what and then what now. So I'll read it for us. 2 Peter 3 verse 10 through 18. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them In these matters, and his letters contain something that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, and they don't, as they do the other scriptures, to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawlessness and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. So, I th- this is like, I feel like where we sort of can end. Like, what are the things we need to do now? What are, what are the ways we need to live now? It's not that different from how we already choose to live as Christians, I don't think. But it's an encouragement to remember the ways that we can walk with him. So, encouraging one another, Ex- ext- exhortation, being patient with one another, Teaching one another what you've learned. What's God doing in my life? What do I think he's doing? Being sober-minded. So we've, I've just been sobered. I don't know if you have, <laughs> but sober-minded. This is what's going to happen. And we know that, and it's, it's something that brings us sort of back to the reality of our Christian faith. Endure suffering. So suffering's going to happen, but it's worth it because he's coming. He's coming back. And, and do the work, I, like I said, as an evangelist. And, and do that not just to the people who don't know Christ, but even to one another, even to yourself. Evangelize to yourself. Preach to yourself. What do you need to know about the truth of who God is? And that is the daily rhythm, the, the life rhythm that I want to encourage us to choose, to walk in. And to do that so that, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, before you get married before you have kids. It's like, well, once we get there I'll I'll work on this thing or once 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 we have kids I'll start to get up early. Guess what? It's it's that's not how it works. You <laughs> you don't build a habit. It's pretty jolting when your child wakes up at uh, Uh, five times a night. Um, So it's, I'm not saying practice waking up early for your kid, but um, it's, the point here is, it's not like suddenly this moment's going to come, and all of a sudden we're going to be like, okay, great, we should probably be meeting together and encouraging each other. I could imagine Jesus, you know, all these signs are fulfilled, and then there he is, the stars are falling from the sky, and we start to see him, and it's like, well, I didn't, have, uh, I didn't know what's going to happen already. I, I, I haven't got a t- had a chance to meet together. I haven't had a chance to encourage um, my, my fellow brothers and sisters. And so um, let's do it now. Let's, let's do that now. Let's, let's be intentional with that now. And even just um, to sort of close us here, um, I think that even means like, yeah, you're forgiven 100%. And that's what you need to live in. How does that change the way you live? Jesus came and died for your sins, he rose. Yeah, he's coming back, but let's be right here in the fact that you can live freely. Again, like what we were praying about before, uh, during worship, we can live freely right now. And this knowing what's to come, I think brings even more of a sense of urgency um, for us to live in the freedom of Christ, live like Christ has already died once and live as though he, yes, he's coming again, but I'm not holding out till that time to actually walk in my true identity and walk in the inheritance of the the home that we get to go to and receive. Let's live that now. So um, thank you guys for walking through some pretty intense scriptures with me. This is literally like scratching the surface. There's so much out there. Tim's gonna sort of bring us into a a bit more of a hopeful reflection of of some of these things next week. And um, Glenn Power does a great job. So if you haven't listened to those podcasts and you wanna dig deeper, feel free. Um, Or you can see sort of the the outtakes of what (laughs) my sermon was if you wanna hear some of that too. But um, let's just pray again and um, maybe um, the worship team can come back up and um, yeah just help us sort of reflect and even say God what 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 do we do now what are some of these areas that I can live in today knowing what I know now um, whether that's something different or something just the same ke- uh, keep doing um, so I'll just pray for us God thank you so much again for you and thank you God that you are a really powerful, um, mysterious God, that you're just, but you're also merciful. And thank you, God, that you really do love us. And that, that yeah, the reason behind all of this is because you love us so much, you want to come back and see us. And um, I just say thank you so much for um, whatever it is that you want us to know about the right now and how we live and what it looks like to respond to these seemingly alarming signs of your second coming. I just, I I pray that we would be sober-minded in it, and that we wouldn't react in fear, we wouldn't react in any kind of um, worry, but that we would react knowing that you came for us once, and you are coming back again, and we praise you for love you, Lord. Thank you for sharing your secrets with us. Um, Thank you. We don't have to get that from the news, but we can look to you and you are the knower of all.